The following audio is from The House in Rogers, Arkansas. More information about The House Church can be found at www.welcometothehouse.com. I got two verses that I want to start out with and then we're going to roll. Um, Luke chapter 3, verse 21 and 22. Luke chapter 3, verse 21 and 22. It says, when all the people were baptized... So we're going to baptize because all of them were baptized, all of us, we're going to baptize. It came to pass that Jesus also was baptized. And while he prayed, while he prayed, the heaven opened and the Holy Spirit descended in a bodily form like a dove upon him. And a voice came from heaven which said, you are my beloved son and in you I am well pleased. There's a couple things that I want us to see from the scripture as we look at this. The first is that I want us, I want to, for us to understand the importance of baptism. Jesus was baptized. They were baptized. We need to be baptized. So the way we see it is we, we see that there is salvation, that you are saved. You believe in your heart. You confess with your mouth that Jesus is the Son of God and that He was the one that was sacrificed for our sins. And I know some of you are like, are you calling me a sinner? Punch you in your face. The reality is there are two ways to look at the world. Either you view the world where culture and, and the people that surround us and the society makes people bad, or that people were born with a sin nature. Okay? Now, it's very easy for us to say, well, it's society, it's culture. It's demographics. It's all of these other things, these exterior things that, you know, children grow up and they're pure and their motives are pure, but then society gets a hold of them and begins to warp their mentality. And all of a sudden, they want to be either a cowboy or a thug or a doctor. Or I don't know. It's society that does that. Okay, well, you've obviously never had kids. That's all I'm going to say to that. Most of the people that I think have that argument probably have not had a lot of kids because we try to do our best to try not to lie, steal, kill, murder, anything like that. But yet my kids randomly will still run at each other with baseball bats. It is in their nature to be selfish, to be first, to win, for someone else to lose. Come on. And so when you have a desire to be first, I'm not talking about be competitive. We should, the church should be full of winners. Amen. The church should be full of winners. But what I'm talking about is there is an unbridled desire to be first at all costs, and many of us call that selfishness. <laughs> And so if you're a two-year-old and you want a sucker or you're a dictator and you want a bomb, all I'm telling you is people get selfish. And so we have to deal with that in and of ourselves. The thing, second, next thing I want you to see is that, that so, so we get saved, we ask, we ask for repentance, we ask for forgiveness, then we get baptized, which is an old man going to a watery grave, and a new man coming up. Jesus did that. We just read the scripture. The next thing that I want you to see is that Jesus prayed. Jesus prayed. He prayed 
the heavens opened. Some of you are wanting the heavens to open, but you don't want to pray. Come on. To quote the great Reverend MC Hammer. You've got to pray just to make it today. I don't know what to say. The, the reality is this. Listen, I am being a little funny, but, but, but does MC know something you don't know? Because some of you are trying to get God's blessings without God's process. You've got to pray. There, Jesus prayed. Why did Jesus pray? Because Jesus wanted a connection to the Father. Jesus was setting an example. Jesus knew how to access time with the Father. Jesus was a part of the Trinity, and they kind of have staff meetings. They kind of talk it out. You know what I'm saying? And so for Jesus to pray and for the heaven to open up, maybe there is something going on in your life that you're wanting to see happen but the heaven can't open because you're not praying. The next we see is the Holy Spirit coming. And so we see a process of transformation here in this opening verse. And I think it gives us some thoughts as we begin to talk about prayer today. Luke chapter 5, verse 16. Luke chapter 5, verse 16. So he himself often, everybody say often withdrew into a wilderness and prayed. He withdrew often. Often is not rarely. Often is not some of the time. Often, often is not when he just listened to the new Bethel album or the new Hillsongs album. Often is often. Often means this is what I do to reconnect. This is what I do. I withdraw. Many of us are having frustrating conversations with our family, conversations that are not life-giving because we're not withdrawing. See, if you, don't, if you don't ever withdraw, then you can never re re refuel. And so you're going to be stressed. You're going to be frustrated. You're going to be mad. You're going to deal with this person because of what just happened in this scenario. The reality is, so he himself often withdrew into the wilderness and prayed. He did not withdraw, check this out, he did not withdraw to somewhere populated. He withdrew to somewhere private, secluded by himself so he could pray and talk and connect with God. Andrew had been misbehaving and was sent to his room. A little while later, he came back and he told his mom, he said, Mom, I've, I've, I've really been praying. I've really been praying. And uh, mom said, good, fine, great. Well, if you ask God to help you stop misbehaving, he'll help you. Andrew looked at the mom and said, no, I didn't pray to stop misbehaving. I asked God to give you the strength to put up with me. <laughs> you know, the truth is that a lot of times we need some instruction on how to pray, when to pray, what to pray for. As we begin to talk, and I want to encourage you, I want to personally invite each one of you to come to May We Pray. Wednesday night is our last Wednesday night, and I am personally inviting you to come and to pray with us at 6.30. For our spiritual development and personal freedom, 
prayer has to be an importance. As we look at this next scripture verse, I'm going, I want to show us how Jesus inspires and teaches his disciples how to pray. Luke chapter 11, verse 1. Luke chapter 11, verse 1, and we're going to go through this and we're going to talk a little bit. Now it came to pass, as he was praying in a certain place, when he ceased, that one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John taught his disciples. Can we just stop just, just real quick? Ha have you ever been inspired? Has anybody ever inspired you to do something? Inspired you to be more than what you could be? Anybody ever inspired you? I love the conversation about this because it's almost like Jesus has gone over there. He is beginning to pray and the disciples are kind of watching him. Okay? And when he stops praying, now it also makes you think that there was something happening over here. He stops praying and the disciples come up to him and say, Hey, teach us how, teach us how to pray. I mean... Well, what? John's, John's disciples got to learn. And where you're, I mean, John teaches his people. I mean, you're going to teach about I mean, what, I mean, what? Where you at? I mean, well, I want to learn. And, and I think that as they were watching Jesus pray, they were inspired. Have you ever been inspired? See, I remember when I met John Maxwell, I, we were in a meeting. There was a bunch of people, so don't, don't get it twisted. It wasn't like me and him. What up, John? You know what I'm saying? But John, I was sitting in the front row, and John Maxwell comes up to me, and he's a guy who's written a few leadership books. And, and John Maxwell comes up to me, and he goes, Hi, I'm John. I'm your friend. And I was like, Yeah, hey, John. Bring it in, bud. Bring it in. I was excited. I was motivated. Then he spoke on leadership, and I was like, Wow, okay, wow, mind blown, excited. I, 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 there have been a few marriages that I've been around that the way they talk to each other, come on, I've been inspired. And I see, I didn't grow up around that. I grew up, it wasn't bad, but I grew up with a single mom. And so there wasn't really a man in the house. And so I, I remember getting thinking about marriage, and, and I would really start to look at marriages, and, and, and these couples would use like pet names, or like, hey, babe, hey, boo, hey, honey, hey, and I was like, oh, uh, it was kind of weird, it was like the only time we said honey around my house is when there was toast, you know what I'm saying, and so, you know, for you to say honey, or babe, or, or, or uh, hey, boo, hey, boo, 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 and I, and so I didn't even know how to say, like, uh, you know, when I first met Ken, it's like, that don't, that don't fit. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And, and so learn, and I was inspired to say some songs. I was like, hey, baby. Got my walk. Say, girl. You know, and I remember even as a parent being inspired. You know, I mean, I had been a lot of, around a lot of pastors, but I, and, and, the, and the pastors that I had been around were more like, um, you know, they, they were just more reserved. They were more like, hello, how are you? Bless God. And then, and then they didn't say God like God. They said God. You know what I'm saying? It's like it had an extra O and D on it, like forever. And, and, so, and so that was my idea of pastors. And I remember the pastor that I worked with for like 20 years when I was young, I, I, was, I was 18 years old. I went up there to do some interning and some college. Actually, I went up there to go to college. Um, 
And I went to a baseball game that his girls were playing at because I was helping out with the youth group. And so there were a bunch of kids in the youth group at this baseball game. And he said, hey, Steve. I was like, hey, I'm still getting to know him. And he was sitting on the bleacher and his daughter hit the ball. And he got up, jumped on the fence. Yeah! And now he's, a, he's, a, he's country. He has boots, hat, belt buckle that, you know. I mean, so, so, you know what I'm saying? Like constantly doing ab workout, belt buckle. And so, and he's up there on the fence and, and I'm having to process this. I'm like, that's not how pastors act. But yet it's so cool. And I saw his kids out in the field. Like, like, so, so, like face was exploded with smile. And, and I thought, Wow. And then all of a sudden, his one daughter caught the ball, and it was funny because it was like this. And it went, went into the glove. And he's like, got his cowboy hat. And I'm like, you, do you're, I'm embarrassed for you. And so, but, but it inspired me. I was like, I'm going to do that. I'm going to be a dad like that. So, Sage graduated from Pea Ridge Kindergarten. Come on. We're graduating in my house. And he walks across. He's walking in his little, got a little shirt on, walking. And I'm like, yeah, woo! And he's like, I hate you. <laughs> Didn't work out exactly like I thought. He's my one kid that doesn't want anybody to clap for him. You know, like my, my first son, he's like, say my name. My last one's like, don't look at me. Um, I think that the disciples saw Jesus praying and was inspired. How do I do that? Because I know that you produce something when you do that. Teach us to pray. See, here's the deal. I believe that the house in the future is going to grow. We're going to expand. A lot of people come here, and, and when I meet them the first time, they're like, you know what, I just love, love the house because it's, it's, it's small, and we get to know everybody. And, I, and really, every time I hear that, I have to, like, I'm like, listen, I don't make my kids stay three, and we're not staying small. We're growing. Because, not because I, want, I can't wait to get three crosses, but, but because of the fact, listen, 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 listen. But because I think healthy things grow. They just grow. And, and why would we not want to see more marriages come together? Why would we not want to see more people getting prayed for? Why would we not want to see teenagers who were rebellious come back and meet Jesus? Why would we not want to see, why would we not want to see, okay, we're good now. <laughs> he then go somewhere else. <laughs> we're good. If you don't know Jesus, they're taking the applications over there at that church. <laughs> like, we're here because, because we're going to help people. But here's the thing, if the motive is just to grow a church, then it'll be systems and organization and structure. And I'm not saying that you don't have to have that because with more people, you have to have better ways of getting people plugged in and get them information. So I'm, not, I'm okay with that. But I love the fact that they say, teach us to pray. John taught his disciples how to pray. And if we are having churches where people do not learn how to pray and connect with God, then here's what we're doing. We're saying as long as you connect with us, you'll be in a saved, successful 
component. But what I would rather do is we want to run with you, but we want you to connect to Jesus. Like, I want to teach you how to go to Jesus because Jesus will be there when some of us, come on, may not be. Jesus will be. The Bible says that he's closer than a brother. He is there. And so I... We have to teach our people not to just congregate, but we have to teach them to know Jesus, connect with God, and meet Him personally. It's important. It's important. I want to walk through six thoughts from this Scripture verse as we continue to read it. Verse 2, chapter 11, Luke 11, verse 2. He says this, So he said this to them, when you pray, say this. And I know some of you, you're about to, like, it's going to glow off. You're going to quote it. Come on. Come on, we're going to read it together. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us of our sins. For we also forgive everyone who is indebted to us. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Now, some of y'all had a problem with that because the way you memorized it was, come on, oh, King James. And so you were like, y'all are saying it all wrong. He doesn't even hear that. You contemporary Christians. You become us in so many weird places. Listen, here's what I want you to know, okay? And you may already know this. If not, I'm going to teach you something. Spoiler alert, this is not a prayer. It's not a prayer. It's a teaching. Jesus said pray like this. This is not a prayer. This is a guideline to pray. Does that make sense? So, 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 so what he was saying is, because in the Bible it says, don't come to me with vain repetition and babbling. So why would he coach us on something to say if that's all he wanted us to say? But this was an outline on how to come to him and how to communicate to him. Does this make sense? And so here's what he's saying when he's talking about prayer. The first thing, our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Let's talk a little bit about this. Let's talk about this because the first, I want to talk about six points of prayer. The first is praise. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Why would you start with praise? Because the condition of your heart will determine how long you stay in his presence. We are in a society where we want to uh, compartmentalize and we want to multitask. And so, okay, God, I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray with you. I'm going to connect with you. I have from this red light to this red light. I have like two miles before I get to work. God, I'm praying. But I'm going to open my eyes because, you know, I don't want to (laughs) wreck. But it's not like I want to connect with God. It's not like I want to pray and I want to connect and I want to see God do something. And so the very beginning of this verse, there were two key points. The first is that he prayed in a certain place. Can I tell you that if every time you pray it's somewhere different and somewhere random, then you're still having to get your focus right. There's got to be a room that you come into that you don't have to look around and see, oh, oh, that's cool. 
you got to go to a place. Jesus went to the wilderness. Jesus prayed. He went outside. He went to a certain place. Do you have a certain place? And here's the thing. Well, Stephen, I just think that that's very, you know, archaic. I, can, I have a mouth and I, I can pray anywhere I want. You can, but if you want to get something done, you have to make an appointment and you have to go to that place and you have to connect with him because he is looking for all of you. He's looking for all of you. We ain't no drive-by. Come on, we ain't, like, just like we said last week, this ain't Mick Church, and we're not trying to Mick prayer, and yeah, I'll have, like, a, I, I, gotta, I gotta give you my 15 to-dos that I need you to get done for me this week. Come on. Praise. Praise. There are two anthems, and the anthem is either you or him. And very, we, don't, we don't understand that many times we are our own anthem. God, here's who made me mad. Here's who offended me. Here's who needs to do this. Here's who, and, and before you know it, what you're exalting in your life is you or your feelings. Come on. And, and the reason we start with pray, our Heavenly Father, hallowed be thy name. Come on, think about his name. And all in the Old Testament, there are many names of God. Jehovah Rophi, Jehovah Nisi, my provider, my healer, my, my sustainer, my warrior. God, His name is not uh, Bob. Hey, Bob. God, there is no one more trusting, holy, or merciful. There is no one greater and there is no one stronger just like in our nation, we have an anthem. Oh, say, can you see by dawn's early light so proudly we hail at the twilight's last gleaming? That anthem, we teach that anthem to all of our kids because we're focusing on something that we believe as Americans that this is our purpose. This is our idea. This is what we hope to achieve. There's an anthem in your heart. And the anthem in your heart has got to be the Lord. And it's so easy for us to sing another song. It's so easy. Praise. The next is this. Purpose. Purpose. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven on earth as it is in heaven. Listen, it's very easy for the purpose to be us and not to be him. Isn't it amazing that when Jesus says, if you want to pray, pray this way. Pray for the kingdom. Pray for his will. Pray for the earth. In other words, there are some people that, well, I just, you know, I just can't wait to go to heaven. I just can't, when that trumpet blows and I feel like you're having like jumping practice at home. <laughs> The reality is this, we are in this world and we are on this earth to make it better, not to leave. As long as we're here, we're going to be tending it and keeping it. And the reality is this, God will have a time when we are to go. And here's the thing, we are perfecting our spirit. We are perfecting our nature here because here is where the push is. Come on, up in heaven, streets of gold, angels singing, no sound systems? I mean, come on. I know we're going to be working, but I'm sure there are going to be hammock days. Come on. 
in. Here is where it's tough. Here's where we have to deal with people and personalities and criticisms, jealousies and insecurities and inferiorities and things I'm good at and things I'm not good at. And we have to deal and grind in all of that. That's why we've got to connect in prayer because we lose our purpose. Everybody's trying to find a new job because I need purpose. What I'm telling you is you know I need to find Christ because there is no job that's going to give you enough purpose to quench your thirst. You need to find Jesus and allow Jesus to work on your life so that you live as a light and your purpose is building the kingdom and this is just my job. <laughs> this is what I do to live but it's not how I live. Purpose. Jesus said the second thing you do when you come in is you remind yourself of the purpose. What's the purpose? The purpose. It's not our will. It's not about us. Come on, can I tell you it's not about you? I know. Sometimes we so want it to be about us, but it's not about you. It's not about you. It's not about your life and your feelings and you're this and you're that. Well, I went to that church and I stayed in the lobby and nobody shook my hand. Maybe God has called you to be a handshaker, baby. Whoa. Listen, there is a purpose and God has called you, listen, to build the kingdom of God here. This is what I think about all the time. If the Sextons were not here, would anybody be different? I live with that calling. Now, I'm going to tell you the truth. That thought process has hurt us many times. We've given away countless cars just to have people turn around and be frustrated and mad at us. We've done, brought people in our home. So I'm not telling you that if you give yourself to God, it's gonna be all rainbows. But I'm telling you this, the goal of your life is that did you live it? Did you actually live it? And that's what we're supposed to do as believers. Always live it. The next one is this. Are you getting anything out of this? The next one. Give us day by day our daily bread. Come on. The one thing I found out about living in northwest Arkansas is jobs change. <laughs> jobs change. Yeah, I mean, you can land a job and all of a sudden there's cutbacks and layoffs and lay this and know that and do this and get done. I mean, it's very easy. You know what I'm saying? People one day are driving a car talking about, yeah. And the next day they're like, <laughs> crying, <laughs> selling the car, <laughs> selling the house. If you put that much pressure on your job, your spouse, your husband, your wife, your kids, come on, the provider is God. God is the provision. God is the one that meets my daily needs. God is the one. I work for this person as unto Christ. So I'm going to give you my best. It's my hope that people from the house, we are the best workers. Come on. We're not trying to get paid for eight and work six. We're, I, I, it so bothers me when I go into a restaurant and, and I'm sitting this, and, I, and I meet this person and, and they're waiting on us and, and I'm like, hey, how you doing? <sighs> I'm working. 
I don't even know how to respond to that because I came ready to tip, baby. You don't even know me. I'm going to write a check when I'm done. But I, I need someone to be, hey, I've been waiting for you. Man, this is my baby. You got my number one table. Yes, I did. Okay, I'm going to bring Hey, I want you to know I like this table so much. I'm bringing your food faster. <laughs> Speaking my love language. I mean, it's like, but it's like now it's people who, yeah, I have a job. It's so hard. I'm like, but you have a job. Like someone likes you enough to pay you. <laughs> Listen, we work hard, but God is our provider. It's not a boss. It's not this. Nobody has, no boss has the power to keep your potential dormant. You work for a person, but you receive from the Lord. You hear what I'm saying? And so I will work for you as unto the Lord, but you're not my source. Because here's the thing, when people become our source, then we can't say yes to God because we've already said yes to a man or a woman. How many people are supposed to be on the mission field, but they can't? How many people are supposed to go do this, but they can't? And the reason they can't is because my job. And I'm not saying that there aren't times and seasons, so don't, don't, I'm not trying to get it twisted. But I am saying that if your source is a person, then that is, that is who you're looking at to meet your needs. Jesus said, when you come before the Lord, you say this, forgive us this day, uh, give us this day our daily bread. In other words, everything I have comes from you. Yes. Yeah. All right, the next one, here's this. N number four, pardon Forgiveness. Look what he says. Forgive us of our sins. <gasps> Who was saying this? Jesus. Jesus was saying this. Not Peter, not Paul, because now we have like this subculture in the church where it's like, well, if Jesus didn't say it, you know, we only should be preaching what Jesus said. Okay, but the whole Bible was given by God. Well, we just need to focus on what Jesus said. Okay, well, Jesus said you got sin and you need to ask forgiveness. See, we're like under this notion where it's like once we get saved and we repent, we never have to repent again because his blood has covered us. That is a misinterpretation of what it is. The reality is this. God is not looking to take away your salvation. It is a free gift and is not based on your merit. But what God is concerned with is your heart. And your heart, if you enter into sin, it gets harder and harder and harder. And before you know it, you cannot receive anything good from God with a hard heart. That would be me like saying, Katie, hey, we were up at the altar. I said, for better or for worse, baby. And I mess up, or I say something on occasion. I may be a little snippy. On occasion, I may act in a way that's a little inappropriate. On occasion. And she may come to me and say, you have hurt my feelings. You should apologize. <laughs> better or worse, baby? <laughs> Yesterday was better, today's worse. Get over it. 
We already handled all this in the wedding. Come on. We already handled all the bad days. So why do you want me to apologize all the bad day? Because you hurt my feelings today. The reality is you got to go before the Lord. You got to repent. In other words, what is here's here's what's crazy is before you petition, you repent. You praise, you purpose, come on. You understand who provides and you repent and you humble yourself right at his feet. And then all the other things come. You know, I have, I don't think that Jesus just randomly spoke. I don't think he, just like in the Ten Commandments, and we're not going to walk back all that. But I think that God lists things in order of importance the way he wants us to understand them. It's important to know that when you come deeper, praise, realignment purpose, knowing the vast provision of God, is in that experience that you should humble yourself. Man, I can't do all this on my own. The next one is this. As we forgive everyone who is indebted to us, as we forgive those, come on, who has trespassed, y'all remember, against us, people. Six points of prayer. we got to pray for people. We've got to come to God where people are concerned. You're going to be hurt. There is no place in, you, in life where you can stop hurt from happening as long as you let relationships in. Unless you're going to go buy a couple acres on a mountain and it's just going to be you and your family. But guess what? Your kids are going to hurt you. Well, I'm just, we're just not going to have any kids. It's just going to be me and my mate. Get ready. <laughs> Sometimes the closest hurt the deepest. Yeah. If there is no way, I'm going to go ahead and say this. There is no way to stay in relationship and there is no way to stay married if you cannot forgive. There's absolutely no way. There's no way. And God knows this. Jesus knows this. That's why he said, take care of your stuff. But then all the people who hurt you, all the people who grieved against you, all the people who said something wrong about you, talked about you, marginalized you, all the people who judged you, you're going to have to forgive them. And listen, forgiveness is not ignoring. Forgiveness is, I'm praying for you. I love you. I care about you. Here's what the Bible says. It says, pray for your enemies. Love those who do bad to you. Oh, snap. We are not immune from the assaults of people from without the church or within. People, people, I hear people all the time, well, we went over to that church and they, they just heard us. Stay here a while. We'll do the same. I thought y'all were different. No, we're just as jacked up as they are. <laughs> it's a different name baby but it's the same people I mean all I'm telling you is yeah we want to be a little bit we want to grow a little bit more we want to have truth we want to be, be set free but the reality is some days we have good days some days we have bad days some days we're under pressure some day, come on yeah. 
And, and I would rather have a church that knows how to forgive than a church that always watches what they say. That doesn't mean we don't need to watch what we say. But I'm just saying, it's far easier to be proactive in forgiving than it is confining. we got to forgive people. The last one is this. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Now here's the thing. There is no protection without forgiveness. In other words, protection was last because all of these things have to work out. Does that make sense? If we're rebelling and we don't like people, then it's going to be very hard to have protection. But if you want protection, when you pray, here's how you pray. You begin your prayer with praise. God, I thank you. Here is what you're doing in my life. Here is what I see. God, I'm grateful for you. I know that there may be problems, but I'm not problem-centered because I'm centered on my purpose. The purpose is for me to build the kingdom. And I know that you will give me what I need so that I can build the kingdom. So that I can get the dreams that are in my heart out because you put them there. And God, forgive me for comparing myself to other people in our church or other people in my job. Well, who are they and why do they have that? Why, do they, why, does, they, why does the pastor talk to them? God, forgive me. Because I'm so critical, I'm not growing. And God, forgive the people that hurt me deeply, that I brought them in and I helped them. And I, and I, I felt like I loved them. I really do. I felt like I loved them. And when I brought them in and I loved them, I felt like they, they really stabbed me. But God, I give that over to you because I know that you're the healer and you can heal my wounds. And God, protect me. Protect me so that I don't do that to other people unknowingly. That I don't stab someone that I was so mad that someone stabbed me. God, lead me not into temptation. Help me not take the easy road. Help me strengthen me. Help me be what you've called me to be. This is how we pray. My encouragement to you is write down these. And next time you go before the Lord in prayer, this is what you do. Thanks for listening. To see what's happening at the house, follow us on social media at the house underscore NWA.